Welcome to Cryptonized, the show that interviews the crypto masters and their ideas on investing and the blockchain. And now here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Today I'm talking with Olya Moskalenko, head of communications for Anchor, one of the leading stablecoins. And today we're going to discuss those stablecoins and its relevancy in crypto land. Olya, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for uh, having me on Cryptonized. I'm so excited to be here today and to speak with you about stablecoins. Well, likewise. I mean, uh, we haven't had stablecoins as a topic on the show. I know we've talked about them, so on and so forth. But before we jump in, would love, Olya, to uh, you know, just hear about your experience, your background in roughly 100 words or less. Sure. Um, so I've worked in public relations for over a decade. I got into the crypto industry uh, by having the opportunity to be the director of business development at Waxman, which is a leading PR firm uh, for crypto. Uh, so that was about over a year ago now. Um, and basically having had the opportunity to uh, assess many different projects, um, I met anchor and the team uh, at a conference in miami last year and when i had heard about the project i saw that it was really unique and it has a lot of potential it really was the next generation stablecoin, and that's what made me basically um join the team as the chief communications officer um and it's really been a great journey so far and i can't imagine um working in any other industry because it's so fast-paced and once you're down the rabbit hole it just sucks you right in <laughs> <laughs> it does it really does um let me just start by uh talking about stable coins and you know my impression of them are that they are a definite uh in crypto land just because everything's so volatile i mean if i'm on the outside looking in and i'm looking at how volatile this whole market is even with bitcoin which is supposedly, you know, the, the, uh, the, the best crypto to invest in and the most stable of the stable, uh, uh, stable of the coins. So if I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is crazy. Why would I ever get involved? And then, you know, when you look at something like Tether, which is, you know, the first true stable coin, mm-hmm. uh, MasterCoin was, was another, uh, well, we're not going to get into that, but there, there were, there's been other people that have attempted it on the Bitcoin platform, didn't work and started, uh, uh, their own uh, called Tether. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of, of uh, stable coins, and if I'm looking from the outside in, and I don't know what a stable coin is, how would you define that, Olia? Um, so a stable coin is basically a cryptocurrency that is pegged or backed or collateralized by a stable asset. Um, so basically, there's three major categories for stable coins one is the collateralized stable coin which uh is tether uh and other um fiat backed currencies uh, such as trust token or gemini paxos digix circle etc and um those are supposed to be backed one by one to one by a fiat currency or a commodity and that's where a centralized company basically holds these assets in a bank account or vault and then issues tokens that represent a claim on these underlying assets. Uh, and the digital value has um, 
sorry, the digital token actually has value because it represents this claim uh, on another on this asset that's in the bank, and that ensures liquidity. However, the problem with Tether is that it claimed to be one to one with the U.S. dollar, but as we all know, there's been a lot of controversy and scandals around this uh, coin, and it's it came out that it, it was only actually back to 74% by the US dollar. However, it still continues uh, to dominate the market with the, uh, with the largest uh, cap. I think it's around 80 to 90% um, of, it's got like that big of a, of a slice in the stable coin market pie, um, which I think that it really shows that there is a, a hunger and a demand for a viable stablecoin because it was the first to enter the market back in 2014. Um, people are are comfortable with it. Uh, however, I think that there's definitely a lot of uh, potential for um, for new next generation stablecoins to come and uh, definitely share a slice of that pie and give uh, token users actually more uh, confidence, confidence in a, a, a more trustless environment. Okay, and why, why should people... Oh care about stable coins um well they should care about stable coins because that is the future of um that is the future of global finance whereas cryptocurrencies are way too volatile uh to be used as a medium of exchange um stable coins do have the power if put if put in place correctly to be a stable medium of a stable medium of exchange uh, a store of value and unit of account and um and then that makes um, ex exchanging, uh, trading funds, and other transactions on an individual business and even government level uh, much more secure, faster, lower cost. Um, and it can be done in both like centralized ways, as I had just mentioned with the collateralized stable coins, but also decentralized ways. Um, and just to kind of go back to the original question, because I, I realized I didn't actually mention the other two uh, categories of stable coins. One of them uh, is an, also a crypto collateralized stable coin. So that's um, a good example of that is MakerDAO, where, mm -hmm. they're, um, where they're backed by uh, crypto, but it has to be basically over collateralized in order to ensure that, you know, when big dips occur, that they're still... Um, Th that it still stays stable and secure, although this can be very, very tricky and complicated to achieve. Although MakerDAO has done a good job of it, but um, others, um, you know, are having difficulty following suit. And then the third model is actually a non-collateralized version or an algorithmic version, which I think is the most uh, disruptive model. And I believe this is the future of the financial system. Um, it's based on the senior odd shares principle that was developed by Robert Sams back in 2014. And basically... Senior on shares uses a smart contract to mimic a central bank in which the monetary policy has only one obligation is to issue a currency with a value that maintains long-term price stability in equilibrium with its value peg. So even though it's non-collateralized, it ensures that there's long-term price stability by um, issuing new coins if the price of the stable coin gets too high and burning coins if the price gets too low. So as the network grows, so too does demand for the stable coin. And um, that is basically how we ensure that there's long-term price stability, um, preservation of purchasing power, and protection from inflation, and anchor 
uh, my stablecoin is basically uh, leverages this model. You know, a lot of people, uh, and, and I love analogies, but a lot of people like analogies um, to a world that they understand. So the financial world, for example. So what is the stablecoin equivalent in the financial world? Okay, so uh, that's a great question. And I'll give you actually two really quick analogies just to make it really clear for our listeners. Um, so although this might sound foreign at first because it, it may sound complicated and it's not something we're used to uh, hearing, it was actually rooted in a really well-known theory of economics called the quantity theory of money. And it basically states that the general price level of goods and services is directly proportional to the amount of money in circulation or the money supply. And this theory was first formulated by Polish mathematician uh, Copernicus in 1517, and then actually reinstated by philosophers John Locke, David Hume, um, John Bowden, and economists Milton Friedman and Anna Schwartz. It was published in A Monetary History of the United States. Um, so basically, if you think of it, think about it, it's actually a method that's used by the Federal Reserve of the United States to maintain the stability of the U.S. dollar. And the crypto projects that are adopting the senior odd shares model are basically attempting to do what the Federal Reserve does, just in a decentralized and algorithmic way. And Anchor is one of those algorithmic stablecoin projects that are leading the way. Wonderful. Good explanation. Um, and I, you know, I think for, from my perspective, I mean, there's, there are equivalents in the financial world, but uh, Olia said it uh, pretty, pretty well. I, I would just say that, you know, if you've got uh, the financial reserve that's trying to keep things in play by fiscal uh, and monetary po policy, stable coins do that in an algorithmic way, in a very fascinating way, and it's not controlled by any one authority. So it's, it's done um, through market forces, and uh, there's no government that's overseeing it to, to uh, corrupt it, as we've seen around the world. These things get corrupted, unfortunately, and Tether and Anchor and other stablecoins are coming in and, and leveling the playing field for the rest of us. So I applaud what they're doing. So let's, let's move on to another stablecoin, or a who is su supposedly going to be a stablecoin. I don't know what's going on, but what, what have you heard? What's the latest on Libra, and, and is it dead? Um, I mean, I don't think Libra is dead. Um, I think actually Libra, um, Venus, Frax, and all of these global currency stable coins, there is a future, a pr very promising future for them, but there's definitely going to be a big uh, fight and battle uh, getting there. I think that it's a little too futuristic and it's obviously a huge threat to um, governments and central banks. Um, I think that the solution in the future will be actually to kind of work almost um, hand in hand with banks and governments to find a, a medium and a balance where everything can exist and everything has its own place for its own needs and, um, and, and purpose. So currently, um, you know, they're obviously, they're continuing to fight. And I think the latest is they've, they basically um, are trying or have been or are being forced to kind of become more like a tether um, where it's going to be backed one-to-one -one with the U.S. dollar. Um, but I, I think that there, there will be f promise in the future. It just is going to take time. So let's see how it all unravels. Um, I don't know that Facebook is the, um, you know, the right leader 
for creating the first um, global currency, con considering like all of the um, data breaches that they've experienced and that, you know, they've, they've kind of become a brand um, that we're skeptical to trust. Uh, and also it would be centralized. And I think that's also the issue there. Um, I think that if there's going to be a global currency um, that is recognized um, by by banks and governments, it will have to um, it will have to be kind of like the solution that Anchor is offering in the sense that it's decentralized, but still working hand in hand with banks and governments because what we're offering is. Um, to keep, to keep our system decentralized, a governing body of up to 21 validators of established uh, and repu reputable um, organizations and governments and banks. So it is similar to Libra, uh, although I do also want to point out our white paper came out first and we're actually already on the market. Um, so uh, if any, so it's, um, it's, yeah, they'll have Facebook, it's encouraging. Uh, to, it's to launch it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's right? encouraging. Yeah, and it's encouraging to know that we're kind. Although it's a bit scary because to be to be potentially cannibalized by Facebook, it's encouraging to know that a leader, a, a social media giant like Facebook, is kind of is going in the same direction as us. So we know that that is um, what the future holds. But we want to. We don't want to um, overtake or replace governments and beings we want to work hand in hand in them and, and allow them to be part of our uh, decentralized system uh, and. And it's important because since we're based on um, global economic growth, we we need to have like that validated data and that real information um, to ensure that our financial index is is accurate and actually represents the most accurate measure of uh, global growth and value that exists in the world today. So I think working with the you know the IMFs and the Bloomberg's and the World Banks um, would actually, in a decentralized way, which would actually work because then they all have competing priorities. So you know that there's not going to be like minimized risk of collusion, and then you also can get you know the NGOs and um, and businesses from each different uh, vertical. So then it really creates. Um, a system that benefits everybody. How do you uh, how do you think, or what will it take anyway to make stablecoins more mainstream? Because you know now it's just the hardcore crypto crowd using it, or whales. I don't know if many institutional um, banks or anybody at that level that's using it. Uh, so how do we make it more mainstream? What, what is, what's it going to take? I think the number one most important thing is for crypto to go beyond trading. We need to have the uh, infrastructure in place, um, like, for example, like crypto ATMs um, and partnerships with different, um, like, let's start with the first, the easiest kind of um, thing to tackle, which is global remittances, right? So we all know that stable coins are the ideal solution for global remittances, but then how do you get liquidity and ease of on-ramp, off-ramp? So you need to have uh, partnerships and, and inoperable systems, which actually the World Economic Forum has just announced that they are going to be creating a regulatory body to help make that happen. So with having someone like the World Economic Forum um, 
you know, really prioritizing creating those inoperable, interoperable systems between the traditional, um, like money transfer businesses, like the Western unions and the, and the crypto companies, then you can actually, um, work together and collaborate in order to make it more accessible to the mainstream. I also think that in terms of, uh, marketing and PR, we can all as an industry do a little bit better because obviously we know, um, with like the, the, the whole kind of how Bitcoin was introduced, um, it wasn't really in the most like legitimate <laughs> way with the whole Silk Road thing, right? So we need to really kind of work on, on the PR to show the, the benefits and that it's not just for money laundering or scams and fraud. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the, the whole ICO 2017 craze also didn't help with that. So there's definitely been a lot of challenges and hurdles we need to overcome. Right. Um, and another one of those is being able to uh, simplify it in easily digestible terms. And I think that instead of folks, like, you know, when you and I are talking, we're focusing on more kind of getting into the weeds of things. But I think with the mainstream, you just need to keep it very solutions focused and easy user interfaces, which don't exist yet, but I do believe are on the horizon. Um, and, and just show them the rewards. So like, how you have the internet. You don't think about the internet. You don't think about how it works. You just use it on your phone now every day. You don't even know how you're, you know, you're, you're getting connected to the internet with, do you understand how Bluetooth works? Like from a deep technological level. Um, I think that, you know, it's not about understanding it. It's just about uh, showing the benefits and the rewards and the ease of use. It, and then also just to use an example, like when you uh, flip on a light switch, I mean, you have no idea what's going on in the background to get your light bulb to actually turn on. But Quite you a know, lot, actually. Yeah. Right. Quite a lot. Exactly. But you just flip all on the, the way switch to and the, the power source. Yeah. Yeah. And from, that's what we need to do. From the power source all the way through. Yes, yeah, I agree. Exactly. It, especially with stable coins, it's got to be a lot easier. Um, and you know, and there's got to be relevant examples that people can draw upon to say this is when you use a stable coin. And it's got to be taught. It's got people have got to be educated, and it's got to be simple to use. I mean, because there's so many great use cases for it that people really don't understand. Exactly. Uh, so I, I LinkedIn, feel like we're just just at the beginning. No, you're you're absolutely correct. And LinkedIn actually just released a report saying that the highest, um, like uh, the sorry, the highest volume for new jobs and uh, uh, like graduate opportunities are for blockchain. So that says a lot too. Right. I totally agree. So let's see. Um, One of the things I wanted to find out was, you know, you mentioned it before, you've got Tether, which is the big gorilla in the market, and you've got Anchor. Now, Tether supposedly is backed by, you know, one-to-one with the U.S. dollar. I think some reports have come out that show that uh, that's not quite accurate. I don't know what's true or not. I do know that. Yeah, I do know that banks, you know, they're definitely not one-to-one in terms of money that they lend out and their reserves. Uh, so Tether is, is, you know, at least in my opinion, more stable than, than some of the banks that are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, a- Anchor, from my understanding, obviously, um, you're head of communications over there, so you know better, uh, is done through an algorithm. And, you know, I'm no math whiz. But uh, I do know that the, the, how the algorithm's configured is really important in, in something like this. And I've studied MakerDAO. I've seen what they've done. It seems to be working, although I've, I've seen some flaws. What is it about Anchor that makes it better than Tether? 
What makes Anchor better than Tether is that we are scalable, trustless. We're actually uh, pegged to a non-inflationary financial index. And I think that's also um, a core element that's missing in both a crypto and traditional uh, monetary systems. It's not, there's no uh, stable baseline. So um, since Tether is pegged to the US dollar, it actually suffers from the exact same vulnerabilities uh, as uh, the U.S. as the U.S. dollar, which is depreciation, inflation, uh, and for those in developing countries like uh, foreign exchange fluctuations, which really hurt uh, people in developing countries, um, as well as a currency manipulation too. So, um, if we look, if we think about it, the U.S. dollar has actually depreciated and lost more than 55% of its purchasing power in just the last 25 years. If you're saving for retirement or your college savings fund, that's a significant loss for the average person. So uh, what Anchor offers is long-term price stability. Um, actually, uh, and we actually even steadily appreciate your value to outpace inflation uh, by about 0.4% per year. Um, and we are resilient to inflation and we're a safe hedge against daily market volatility. So for example, if you buy a hundred dollars worth of anchor today, uh, in 25 years, it'll be, it'll be, uh, a thousand and twenty-five because it maintains its purchasing power across time. And how does it do that? Um, because we've created a financial index similar to the special drawing rights, um, by the IMF. But however, it's actually much more inclusive and uh, based on global GDP of more than 190 countries um, and then foreign, foreign exchange indicators as well as premium sovereign bond yields from uh, 10 of the world's strongest economies. The uh, special drawing rights is only a basket of five and it's updated every five years, whereas ours is a basket of 10 and it's updated every single year and it's not um, biased and only for the inclusive uh, and an exclusive only for its members, it actually uh, takes into account uh, more than 190 countries, and it's based solely on its on those countries' um, strength based on their participation in the global economy. So, whereas uh, fiat consistently depreciate, um, if you look at uh, global economic growth, it has a sustainable and predictable growth trend, and that's what we're leveraging. That also ensures price stability. Um, even if price goes too high, we're not here to for our coin to increase in price. We're here to make sure that it maintains stability. So we have many different um, price correction mechanisms and stabilization mechanisms to ensure that uh, the price remains stable and equilibrium with its peg. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of the critical thing for crypto is making things more stable and everyone's got their own way of of doing it and uh, so far I, I from what i can tell and what i've seen anchor's doing a good job of of, of that so uh the uh, the more the merry i uh is, is kind of my thinking and then throughout time or through time you know the strong will survive and we'll have a very stable system where people can you know rely more on using cryptocurrencies for currency or for storage of wealth or whatever uh, needs that they have. So um, I think these, these are kind of the critical foundation pillars for a successful future in blockchain and, and crypto. Uh, All right, I 100% so, I, I agree. 
and we're actually about to um, soon launch our first uh, pilot program for global remittances. So putting uh, theory into practice, uh, we have strategic partners in developing countries um, where, you know, remittances are sent the most with crypto ATMs. So as I said, very important to have that easy on-ramp, off-ramp and liquidity. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about Anchor, they, all of the links are in the show notes. They've got everything from their Quora page to their Medium blog site, Facebook. I encourage you got you uh, you all to go check them out. All right. So Thank just to so wrap much. things up. Yeah. To wrap things up, I always ask this question. I'm so curious as to the answer to this. But um, in 100 words or less, if you could invest a fictional 100,000 in one or two cryptos, what would they be and why? Oh, great question. Um, so definitely Bitcoin, it is, you know, the first um, application of blockchain technology. It is still the market leader um, by far. And because of its scarcity, there's only ever going to be 21 million. I do believe that in 20 years, it is definitely going to be a great investment and um, it's going to be a lot of, of value. Uh, obviously, it's not a great medium of exchange, but yeah. Uh, definitely going to be, I think, something that you'd you'd want to hodl onto. Uh, and then the second one would definitely be Anchor because I want to have uh, an easy medium of exchange. I have rel I have relatives and friends all over the world. If we're traveling, I don't want to have to deal with you know uh, high interest rates and foreign exchange rates and stuff. So uh, basically, being able to use Anchor as a as a medium of exchange is great. And then also even being able to hedge Bitcoin's market volatility by um, by storing it in Anchor for however long of a period you need to is also a great option. So um, I definitely want to preserve my value and make sure that my whatever I've earned in my life is resilient to inflation as in, and I'm not going to lose my purchasing power. Um, so yeah, uh, Bitcoin and Anchor. Wonderful. All right. Um, with that, I uh, think it's time to wrap things up. Where can people reach you, Olia? Um, you can either, you know, connect with me on Twitter, uh, or Telegram. Both of my handles for those are at Olya, O-L-Y-A underscore New York. Uh, yeah. if you enjoy our podcast, please write a review for us in the Apple podcast and Google play apps. Your reviews encourage us and help others to choose Kryptonized, my favorite podcast. Thanks, Olya. Thank you. And can I just say one last thing? I definitely encourage of people course. to check out um, Anchor. You can trade us on uh, Liquid and IDEX exchanges, as well as uh, use the Anchor wallet, um, which you can get from the anchor.io website. Uh, so you can actually see for yourself the secure, uh, safe and stable um, value that we can bring to you. So please check it out and let me know what you think. A reminder that we are not financial advisors and anything we talk about or refer to on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions.